0: Chose to take a journey down a long and dangerous trail. Chose to serve your country, and we know you served us well. But now you're back, and it's our duty to keep you safe and warm. Shake your hand and welcome you back home with open arms. We're America, your family, a land of liberty. We're thankful for your sacrifice, your fight to keep us free. We are America, and we truly do believe. You're the backbone of our nation, thanks to you we're living free. We're a quilt of many colors, and we breathe red, white, and blue. We're America, your country, and America.
1: It has been said that we are but one generation away from forgetting our history. Welcome to American Heroes Network, where we serve our American tradition. Your hosts are Gary Ray and Ted Griffin Jr. In our program, you will hear firsthand the personal accounts of heroes whose unselfish actions have contributed to the traditions and values that represent the soul of America. You'll also hear from our partners and affiliations presenting news events and ways that our veterans and their families can rebuild their lives. Now, here are your hosts, Gary and Ted.
2: Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the American Heroes Network. I want a special thanks goes out to Mac Davis uh, for allowing us to use that song for our opening show and also the closing of the show. Uh, my name is Gary Ray, and along with our co-host, Mr. Stephen Lee. Good morning, Stephen. How are you doing this morning? I, oh, geez, I see you drink all the coffee. <laughs> good morning, Gary. How are you this morning? <laughs> good, real good good and uh hey it was bike week actually uh it's going on right now isn't it in daytona that's where we are basically we're in central florida uh, our, our office is here in orlando yeah it's that's- been quite a week here gary i've uh been very much enjoying uh, all the helmet heads and uh <laughs> motor heads and it's been quite interesting Alright, alright. Well, American Heroes Network presents the first show of our mini-series. Today, our main focus will be on drug addiction and helping families out. During our mini-series, we're taking questions. And by the way, uh, write this down, uh, this is going to be our call-in line. It's 1-866-472-5787. Again, that's one if you do have any questions. Okay. Now this series is made possible through wisehealth.com, which is a totally self-funded site and it could use your help. If you're at all interested in sponsoring uh, the wisehealth.com mini-series, contact us at AmericanHeroesNetwork at gmail.com. Well, today we have Linda uh, Crater, President and CEO of Wise Health, along with a special guest, author Vivian Gardner-Edwards. Good morning, ladies. How are you?
3: Good morning, Gary. Good morning, Gary. I'm good. Good.
2: (laughs) Everyone's pretty good this morning, except me. I didn't have enough coffee. Uh, Linda, you had the opportunity of taking care of your uh, grandchild that last week. How did that go?
3: That was the most joyous thing I've done in a very long time. Thank you for asking.
2: Oh wow. Alright. I know you, you mentioned, uh, uh, you know, especially when something happened, uh, you got these looks, uh, uh, from your grandchild, uh, you know, a surprise looks like I, like I didn't do anything, right?
3: Well, you know, the <laughs> thing that struck me the most is with the work that we do with veterancaregiver.com, so much of the work is helping folks advocate advocate for them as they navigate the military medical system and the issues. And so it was such a direct contrast to either suicide prevention or drug addiction, as we're going to be talking about today, or pain management, all those very serious topics. But we need to help these veterans and their families because it is the children who will ultimately suffer from the adverse effects of being around People with issues that could be helped, but are having some challenges getting that help.
2: That's true. That's very, very true. Vivian, I see that you actually wrote three books, and it looks like they're all based on your true life experiences.
4: Tell us a little, <laughs> <laughs> us a
0: little
4: well, bit about those Well, t- two of them are, Gary, and the other one was just a, just a fun one for me.
2: <laughs> they were fun? You know, what I've, what I've read about, you know, uh, the, the small bios and on your websites, uh, uh, it's phenomenal what you went
3: Oh, thank you.
2: Okay. And by the way, what is your website, Vivian?
4: Um, it's Drug Addiction Family Recovery. And there's a, there's a hyphen between each word, and that's a dot com
2: and we'll ask that again near the end of the program this way we have people that uh, you know can go there and get more information on you. Can they also order your book there?
4: Um, the the main book is the one that I've just brought out is called The Dangers of Living with a Drug Addict and How to Stay Safe. And that's taken from my personal experience of living in the same household for some years with um, a woman that was very heavily addicted to drugs.
2: Wow, that was um, that sounds like a very harsh uh, experience. It
4: was it was very difficult at the time because I had absolutely no knowledge of drugs whatsoever. I mean, I could name a few, um, but I, having never used drugs, never even smoked a cigarette in my life, um, it was like going into a different world and to begin with, I had no idea what she was doing, and then when it finally struck me what she was doing, then it was a very steep learning curve to actually try and figure out how to deal with this, and as I got you know, more understanding of addiction, um, she at the same time got more and more heavily into, into the drugs, and she ended up... Drug dealing out of the house, which we we shared a house. We were business partners, and uh, unfortunately, it just went downhill from there. And so I ran the whole um, sort of gamut of um, lies, theft. Um, she set fire to the house on two occasions, um, wow. and there was very little help um, for people. I discovered there's a lot of focus on the addict. So if you, you, know, if you Google drug addiction, you get um, a zillion things come up to support the addict. But there's very little for the average family. Right. And so that's why in, in 2008, um, I decided to, well, prior to that, I'd actually started a local network. Um, but I live in a very rural area, and I found out very quickly that that was, not, um, that was not a good thing to do because a lot of the local people derive a lot of their income from drug addiction and uh, selling drugs. Uh-huh. So I very quickly became a, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> a slight problem.
2: <laughs> you know, I ran across uh, something. Oh, this was a couple years ago. I, I heard this story um, about uh, a young lady that lived in a crack house, uh, a drug addict, and uh, actually, uh, she got custody of the child because she had a roof over her head.
4: Mm-hmm. Uh,
2: there's something wrong there, isn't there?
4: <laughs> there's something very wrong, and there's just another small issue that I'll I'll mention along with that. Although I know you know you we want to talk about how this relates to um, the veteran families, particularly, but the drug problem is across the board. It, anything that I say about you know, addiction in general also applies to, to veteran families, unfortunately. But one of the big issues with children in the drug houses uh, that I don't think anybody's making a connection right now um, is the pornography and the child porn because uh-huh. drug addicts have to get their money from somewhere. Um, I know of two cases personally um, where the mother has actually sold her child for drugs Wow, and that's, and that's disgusting.
2: That is, it's very disgusting.
4: So it's another thing that I mention in the book that people need to be aware that if the addict in the household has access to children, you just never know. The child may not be molested, but um, they could very easily be photographed, and then, uh-huh. then the parent or the you know whoever's in charge of the child will may never know that these photographs are going out there on Facebook or other closed groups.
2: Wow, that's terrible. Linda, do you run across a lot of, uh, uh, let's say, the drug issues uh, with the veterans' caregiving? Uh, Actually,
3: what we come across far more than addiction, although that is a significant problem, is pain management and the way drugs are prescribed and the way that in our in our medical system, in the VA medical system as well, uh, there's often seen as there's a pill for everything. And yeah. yet some things interact poorly and the specialist may not know what the other specialists have prescribed and you may end up with a nasty mix of cocktails, a cocktail of drugs perhaps, that mask symptoms that have underlying organic causes that really need some help. So I would say that the... The drug issues that we're mostly dealing with have to do with either PTSD treatment or um, the very difficult uh, issue of pain management because there are alternatives to uh, drugs or a combination thereof, and Vivian can speak to that because what she hasn't mentioned is that she has been the caregiver of a veteran, a female veteran, who had pain management issues and who really did struggle obtaining Solid care throughout the VA medical system, and perhaps Viv, you can talk about some of those things.
4: Yes, certainly, um, because I don't have any military background myself, and so fortuitously, I guess I came upon this lady um, many years ago, and um, we became friends. And she um, was quite frank about the fact that she had been an addict for probably twenty years. Um, she'd been in the military. Um, she, when she she came out with an, an you know discharged honorable discharge, um, but she was also uh, 100% disabled. Um, she ended up moving into a, a small apartment that's attached to my house, and almost immediately became extremely ill. So rather um, unprepared, um, I became her caregiver because there was no one else, um, and she would be the first to tell you that had I had I not been there for her, she would have died. Um, The illness was severe. It was not recognized either by the local hospital or the VA uh, immediately. And a lot of the problems, I think, around that was that they thought she was drug-seeking. I knew she was not Uh drug-seeking. And I knew she was ill. And she got to the point where... She looked like she had rigor mortis, but she was still breathing. And it turned out that she had a spinal abscess. She was even refused a uh, ambulance ride, being told that it was an expensive cab ride. But after that, after we got her into the system, I have to say that the VA were extremely good with dealing with her initial illness. I wish I could say the same um, about them dealing with the, the aftercare that she needed um, because she told me that she'd got off heroin herself and now this had occurred and she was in extreme pain and so of course she was put on to opiates and basically back uh, where she where she had been years before she was addicted to opiates and the biggest problem was that there was no alternative for her. Um, there didn't appear to be anything. We requested uh, that we go to, or she go, and I would go with her. Um, she she requested a, a pain management clinic. And we were really looking for this to be a solution. And what they told her, the, the woman at the pain clinic told her to do Tai Chi Okay,
2: that's. Did it work?
4: Um, When somebody's been on a high dose of opiates on a daily basis to cut them off, which they did, she was given two weeks to detox, which is not long enough. Wow. Um, And then just told to do tai chi, um, is totally ridiculous. It's it's not even it's not even funny.
2: Uh, I thought, I thought maybe that was, uh, uh, something that would have, you know, helped. Of course, I don't know anything about Tai Chi, just a little bit, but, uh, uh, to make a comment like that, uh, uh, you know, I can see where you're coming from on that. It uh, doesn't make sense.
4: Well, pain can be controlled fairly well, but it's got to be a number of different, uh, different things. It's no good just you know, trying to say, oh, yes, one thing, will take care of it. Of course, one thing, if it's going to be the opiates, of course they'll take care of it. But that not that's not, you know, really a good long-term answer. And unfortunately, with so many of the veterans, they come back in severe pain. And even if they'd never had any type of addiction problems prior to their, their um, you know, issues, their uh, whatever happened to them on their deployment, um, they do... You do become addicted to opiates um, when you take them for pain, um, and unfortunately, there doesn't seem to be a lot of very good ways to get these guys off of this. Offering a number of different things to do, and that's where I think one of the one of the big problems with what we're dealing with with the drug addiction, and um, they suddenly will get cut off from the drugs. They change a doctor. They change a clinic. Um, Somebody will look at what they're taking and say, oh, well, you can't be taking all of those, so we're going to stop them. But they don't offer anything
3: um, to replace it. If I can break in, I, I believe that what we have experienced, you and I, when we're working with veteran families that have these issues, is that there are some excellent VA pain management clinics in the country, but they're few and far between. The waiting lists are very, very long. And there have also been recent changes in how the VA will prescribe and deliver narcotics. So, for example, if there are 31 days in a month, somehow the medical system doesn't recognize that 31st day. Uh So if it falls on a Friday, for example, that person is without pain medication until Monday. And that leads to all kinds of things, uh, and or if they take them off a drug that says white, um, putting them into detox to take them, washing them off the drug. If there's nothing in its place, whether it's acupuncture um, or or you know behavioral modification, if it's a structural issue and physical therapy and a variety of other things, you have a large problem. And if they cannot obtain what they need uh, legally. That is where there have been occasions where people will turn to street drugs to control their pain. Anyone who's lived with chronic pain knows that it's not an easy road to walk. So pain management in general can be addressed by the VA. It's just not consistent across the nation or easily accessible based on the numbers that need treatment. Would you agree with that, Vivian?
4: Oh, absolutely. No, you're absolutely right. And I think that it's this sort of um, miscommunication a lot of times about what's available. I know when I was working with Dee, we had to ask questions. And sometimes you don't know what the questions are that you should be asking. Um, We found out, for example, that there was um, a free clinic that she could have gone to. um, I think it was for acupuncture Um, not acupressure, yeah, I believe it was acupuncture. But we found that out only in a casual conversation. Nobody mentioned that there was actually a clinic where she could have obtained um, acupuncture for free.
2: All right. Linda uh, and Vivian, we're going to take a short, quick break. Just uh, uh, keep what you're saying in mind. We'll be right back. Uh, You're listening to the American Heroes Network, powered by Voice America. And we'll be right back. Thank you.
3: what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter you can find us at Voice America TRN.
1: American Heroes Network is a program for and about our American veteran heroes and their families join your hosts Gary Ray and Ted Griffin Jr as they show what is being done to help our veterans and showcase the companies and organizations that are helping our veterans and their families rebuild their lives Listen for American Heroes Network, live and powered by the Voice America Variety Channel, every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time. Stimulating
0: talk gets those synapses in the brain inspired really fast.
1: All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You are tuned into to American Heroes Network. If you want to find out more about us or to contact us with questions or comments about the show, please send an email to AmericanHeroesNetwork at gmail.com. That's AmericanHeroesNetwork
2: at gmail.com. Now, back to our program. Welcome back. And, uh, Vivian, you were talking about uh, getting into your third book, I believe that is.
4: Um. And this is not a book that's specifically for veterans, but unfortunately um, it certainly can affect veteran families because um, so many of these guys um, turn to either street drugs or um, excessive use of prescription medications. Um, and then the things that I, I mention in the book, which are, which are basically dangerous for the family, Um can, you know, come about regardless of, of where the drugs come from. And, um, you know, as I say, it's across the board. It's not just the veterans, but it certainly includes um, all of our veteran families because most of these um, veterans are going to be on drugs of some type, whether it's, you know, for their PTSD or whether it's for pain issues. And, and the pain issues, of course, they get the opiates, which are extremely difficult to get off. Um, and they need a lot of help to get off them and a lot of support and supportive therapies to enable them to get off of those.
2: Now you worked with uh, you got together with Linda and uh, that's how uh, the cause more or less for the veterans came about right?
4: Yes because when I started taking care of Dee I was totally lost I had no knowledge of the VA system whatsoever um, and Dee was too ill to uh, really be of any help, um, so I had to sort of walk through the system for her by myself. And thank God I I found Linda, and thank her you. network, and and she was a lifesaver, a total lifesaver, and has been ever since to this day, um, because she was very well acquainted with the problems that the vets have she always has an answer for a question and I, and I think is uh, her network is a, an incredible network for the families that are many of them are young women you know they they've married they've perhaps been married a few years they have young children um, their their spouse comes back and they're changed they're on medication they're moody they're scared um, these young women have no idea what to do
3: If I may insert here, uh, that is very true of the families. And yet we've had such a significant number, as Vivian knows, of female veterans who don't have any family or caregivers that are helping them. So you run the gamut of we need to look out for the families, but we also have what I call the singleton veterans, those who don't have caregivers or a support system. Uh And female veterans seem to have that in larger numbers than the male veterans do, who have a bigger buddy system. And you found that out certainly with watching Dee and helping yes. her through her medical journey.
4: Yes, yeah. She had she was divorced and she had no family close and no family that would actually have stepped up to help her. So she was very, very isolated.
2: You know, I just want to mention this about Linda uh, Crater. She, being the President and CEO of uh, Wise Health, uh, again, this is a totally self-funded uh, organization and uh, if we do have any uh, interested sponsors out there, uh, be sure to contact us at AmericanHeroesNetwork uh, at uh, gmail.com and uh, we can all help her out.
3: That's very kind of you, Gary. Uh, These veterans and their families really do need some care, and I think that the caregivers themselves are a forgotten group. Uh, They should be highly recognized as the experts that they are in helping and advocating for their vets.
2: Right. They're another form of our American heroes. I consider them uh, that category. I do, too. They are. I mean, and again... You know, I've been, I've been doing this since about 2004, and um, uh, it's, this is the first time I've heard more about the caregivers, and then I start realizing we're forgetting about people like this.
3: They're the unsung it's, heroes. They are the backbone of many of these military families, and no one even knows that they're there or they exist. So it helps to have radio awareness, build uh, some community knowledge of what is actually going on the other thing that's important whether it's drug addiction as we're talking about today or simply care is that most of these folks go out of the service eventually and enter communities where they may end up with civilian doctors for their families while the vet receives combat uh, not excuse me receives care in the VA system and there is very little knowledge of what they need, what they go through, and how supportive of care the caregiver is. So Vivian can speak both as a caregiver and a care provider.
2: Yes. And Vivian, that's, again, uh, tell us a little bit more about uh, uh, your latest book. Uh, I know, uh, you know, the drug addiction, we've been talking about that. Uh, Are there any points we want to really get into about that book?
4: Well, I think that, um, you know, one of the reasons that I wrote the book specifically about the dangers of living with an addict is that people don't regard um, someone that's using drugs as that could be a particular danger. And even taking this back to, you know, to the veteran situation, um, like I I mentioned, you know, they're often young families, they have young children. Um, The I'll say that the husband, because this is often the case, although Linda's quite right, there are a lot of very isolated women, which is a whole another issue. Um, but the husband will come back, you know, with, um, you know, a bucket full of medications, um, which means that the husband is probably not doing as well as, as he was previously, even without, you know, the, the PTSD and TBIs. Um, medication of any kind will have side effects so memory loss can be can be a big issue Um, then again that brings in safety issues if you know if a a pans left on a stove you know uh, it can catch fire Um, various things like this can happen not intentionally but accidentally Um, but it's traced back to you know in a large part it can be drugs so I think the things that I've covered in the book um, pretty much don't have to be related to street drugs, although that was the focus of the book because the person that I shared the home with was, was definitely on street drugs. But I think that, that you know drugs—it doesn't matter whether the narcotic is prescribed or whether it's it's got from the from the street. Uh-huh. Um, the effects, unfortunately, are the same, and memory loss can be, you know, and confusion can be one of them.
2: Right, right. Now, Linda and Vivian, how are you going to work together on this? I mean, is there anything we all can do to help?
3: Viv, do you want to take that?
4: Um, I, I think I think, just trying to spread the word about, um, you know, the fact that these guys and gals um, are not getting the for the treatment that they need, or the understanding that they need, um, and I think we talked about this a little bit yesterday, Gary. And I mentioned that so many of these guys are probably going back into rural areas, where there are less opportunities for them to, um, you know, be close to a facility. And Linda was right when she said that the men have much more of a buddy system. And if you go into any big VA um, hospital, you know, you can sort of tell that there's a there's a definitely a more close buddy system. I don't think that exists as well for the women, so I think they definitely fall through the cracks there. And then you get out into a rural area, um, in in the area where I live where we're about a hundred miles from the from the local VA hospital and we do have small clinics, um there's basically nothing, and so when I was caring for Dee, there was little around here that was supportive for her in any way.
2: You know, to come to think of it, um, I used a VA, and I don't remember the last time I seen a woman vet in there at all.
4: A lot of, um, <clears throat> a lot of the time, I think that the VA is not set up for women. Even in, in a small way, um, they provide, um, you know, pajamas. For the the staff, the uh, the staff. I'm sorry, for the patients, and Dana would be given, or Dee would be rather, would be given um, some pajamas that were suitable for a man. They had very little that was suitable for a woman. So for her size, she would be um, given pajamas and have to roll the legs up. Uh They're just not prepared a lot of times for women.
2: I can see that. You know, using the VA, I uh, I see that every I, no matter what room I go into, it's they're not set up for women. A woman, <laughs> I can tell you that right off the bat.
3: They're trying. They they are yeah. working toward that goal, but it's it's a process, and in any uh-huh. large bureaucracy, it takes some time. Yeah, I, I think it's improving, um, and I think
4: there's more sensitivity now for for women. I noticed that with working with D, that. I think they, they were trying very hard, but I don't think it's everywhere yet. Um, and I think more work perhaps has to be done. That's right. That's right.
2: Well, again, why don't you give your website, Vivian? Uh, we want to keep uh, plugging that website so that way you know more and more people can be aware of what's going on.
4: Mm-hmm. It's um, drugaddictionfamilyrecovery.com.
2: And there's a hyphen between each
3: word. All right. And and Linda? Oh, that's caregiver.com.
2: All right. Well, what we're going to do, we're going to take a short break. Uh, and I want to remind everyone again that uh, uh we have went mobile. Uh be sure to check us out on your mobile telephone. Uh just type in hero dot the number one dot C O and uh, you can hear the archive shows. You can uh, see the the new mobile site, and we'll just you know you'll enjoy it. It's it's, it's pretty pretty fantastic. And visit our our um, uh, advertisers that we have on the site. Uh, also, it's right now. It's just a time to sh- take a short break. You're listening to the American Heroes Network, powered by Voice America, and we'll be right back.
0: Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7.
3: Want to know what's going on behind the scenes with your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network host? How about what's new with our network?
1: VoiceAmerica.com. You are tuned in to American Heroes Network. If you want to find out more about us or to contact us with questions or comments about the show, please send an email to American Heroes Network at gmail.com. That's American Heroes Network at gmail.com. Now,
2: back to our program. Welcome back, and Linda, uh, you were going to get into the pain management.
3: Well, you had asked how this is how we can help, and Uh I think one of the things that we can help with is providing those who live with and care for veterans, whether they're men or women, is that when there is a pain management issue from an injury um, or a condition, that they know to ask for help. they are only going in and asking for drugs to manage pain. It's a very quick road to flags on your charts in some VAs, not all, but in some VAs that you are seeking drugs, and that's what you're asking for. A better way to advocate and ask for pain management in our recommendation is to ask for, as Vivian had talked about, different modalities, to potentially treat the pain. So, if it is a structural issue, is there physical therapy, acupressure, or puncture that could help? Are there um, meditation classes that would assist them in dealing with perhaps a, a less chronic situation? So it's just something they have to muscle through for a while. But in pain management, so that you are not labeled a drug seeker, or that people dismiss what you say. You need to ask for consistent help across the board and, and ask for the different modalities. The other problem comes in with what uh, Vivian had said about the veteran she was looking after. They had been a previous drug user. It's not okay if someone just assumes someone is still a drug user. Um, ask and, and really demand that a a urine test or blood tests are taken to show that they are clean if that appears to be the case. In a big bureaucracy, it's all too easy to be shoehorned into a, a small spot and that's the end conclusion. So as we talk with families, we say you need to persist. You need to say that you are looking for relief from chronic pain because it's causing depression and you're concerned. I'm using that as an example, not as a given, depression or anxiety or irritability or anger. Um, It may be coupled by comorbidity with PTSD uh, or a TBI. So these issues are complex issues for which drugs may be very necessary. Um, So we're not at all saying don't go on medications that are prescribed for specific reasons, but if you are working to get off of them, which many of them want to do because of the side effects, which can include all kinds of things from insomnia to impotency to weight gain, um, it's very important that you do seek a life, uh quality of life through uh, managing this better and knowing how to ask the questions.
2: That's true. That's true. <clears throat> and Vivian um let me ask you, what what really it was? It was it uh, that that last uh, lady that you lived with uh, that you, reason you got into the military end of it, the veterans end of it.
4: Um, it was it was with um, with D the okay. um, gal who you know, was military uh, uh-huh. that became ill, um, and I you know got to know her through the work that I did with drug addict families. Uh, and she was, as I say, a prior addict, which did make it much harder to, for her to get um, pain management treatment. And I have to say that um, I used to have a business um, doing terminal care for, for families, not not particularly veterans, but anybody. And what I learned about pain management from doing that work really helped with asking for things for D. And I think Linda's absolutely right when she said that you have to keep asking for something other than, than another pill, because obviously it's easy for them to prescribe another pill and another pill and another pill. But right. at some point, you can't keep taking all of these pills for, for you know somebody's life. I mean, if a guy or a gal are 30 years old, they don't want to take that number of pain pills for the rest of their life. Um, but these families don't know what to ask for. Um, I I asked a number of times for Dee if she could try a TENS unit, and a TENS unit is a small electrical device that tends to help numbing certain types of pain. Uh Uh, It's not going to do everything, but it may help. Um, It took us probably six times of asking before she got a TENS unit, And then you have to know what to ask for. Um, But she got a TENS unit, and what they basically did was gave it to her in a box and said, here it is, take it home, use it. She had no direction at all. So again, it's another series of questions. How do I use it? I need to be shown. Um, These are the kinds of things that I think it's important, and and Linda will will go along with this, I know. These are the things that, that we work on through veteran caregiver that somebody mentioned something, we talk about this, so they go back to their clinic or their doctor and say, can we try this? And I, I think it's part of the sort of peer-to-peer right. support. Would you agree with that, Linda?
3: I do, and I think that that's, when people have had good experiences, they can pass on their experiences to others, and that's where the peer support has such credibility. One large problem in the Veteran community, and it's very understandable, is there's a lot of distrust, and so they do tend to trust each other and those who have walked in their shoes or know enough about where they go to provide them help, and it builds a very nice network of people who are really very amenable towards helping one another because there 's an understanding, the general population feels that uh, our veterans are completely looked after um, through just magic, basically that the VA takes care of everyone and While that is a goal, there is a method to working your way through a large bureaucracy, and as they 've said, you must know how to ask the right questions. so when you ask the right questions from learning them about them through others you have a much higher probability of gaining access to the kind of care that you need, and you also share with the medical uh, care team that you're an aware consumer, and that helps because then you know what to ask for, you're talking the same language, and you can obtain help and care, and you're less likely to be labeled. We also emphasize that persistence, once again, the word persistence comes up, but also to maintain civility throughout. You may become very frustrated asking six times for the TENS unit that can provide help, and you're getting frustrated with the system. That's very true and and obviously understandable, but if you can maintain your cool and continue to ask and follow it up in writing and work up the chain of command if necessary, you will obtain the help that you need nine times out of ten.
2: Wow. Now, Linda, can they find all these options out? I know we're giving them a lot of information uh, on your website.
3: Uh, yes, they can. There, there's help in the resources. They're the newest news articles on what the newest treatments are. If they have a specific question about something that pertains to what they're doing, they can just ask uh, on the public message board, and people generally chime in very quickly. Um, there's also a Facebook page, and it's, It's very accessible, but if you're on the website itself, it's a closed unit, so it's a very safe place to ask for help. If we don't know the answer, we will find out the answer. And there's a large network that goes across the nation, in fact, outside the nation as well, that we can tap into to put people in touch with a resource that will answer their questions, whether it's drug addiction, as we're talking about today, um, pain management, Uh, or any other type of issue that they or a family member may need help with. Mm
2: -hmm. Now, things are taking so long, I I know I'm not not saying anything negative about uh, uh, any organization out there, but sometimes it does take a while uh, to get an appointment or or to get set up with uh, the route you want to take. What should they do? I mean... uh,
3: That's a tough one, Gary. Uh, (laughs) What they end up doing is if if someone is in truly dire straits, we'll escalate the problem up our network as high as we can go, which is fairly high. Um, But again, you are limited oftentimes by where you're living. So if you're in a rural area and you're not as close to a larger VA, you may need to ask to go to another VA, which requires a referral. If you're asking for behavioral health care, there's a shortage of practitioners right now, although they are working on that. Once again, you have to ask where you can go. But the real answer to your question is if you cannot obtain an appointment in a reasonable period of time, you need to ask for what is called fee-based service, meaning you can use a civilian doctor and the VA will foot the bill because they're not able to offer you what is needed by the Veteran. So there are alternatives and we give them again the information they need to ask the right questions of their care team.
2: Um, You know, I was um, being in Florida. I remember years ago when I was going to VA, anything that I I was in central Florida and uh, uh, it was uh, anything major, I had to go to Gainesville, which is, uh, you know, I think a three hour drive, Mm -hmm. (laughs) which is kind of ridiculous. But that's that's the only thing I could do. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I bet bet it's not. But now they they have, of course, they combined the counties. I I believe that's how they phrased it. Um, So, again, if you use Daytona, uh, uh, that's just a clinic where anything major, you go to either Orlando or you go to Tampa. But they all work together now where they were separate uh, probably a good eight years ago, nine years ago, which is... uh, It's kind of mind-boggling, you know, where should I go?
3: (laughs) You're absolutely right. There is a a really concerted effort right now at the VA under General Hickey to really try and make care more accessible uh, across the nation. But, again, there are specialty areas that may only be in certain parts of the country, so you Mm -hmm. may need a referral. But in the meantime, there usually is an avenue to finding the care that you need. Um, Vivian, you used to have to drive, what, three hours to obtain the care? Um, about two. Two hours, okay.
4: Yeah, yeah about, about two hours. And, again, because we lived between um, two VA facilities, and I, the, the communication between the two was, well, I can only say poor, um, and that was within the state. Um, I can't imagine what the communication could be like if you had to go across a state line, for example. And I I think that's another possible issue, that there's not good communication, and and hopefully it's improving. But you'd think with today's technology, it would be a lot easier for a physician in, in one place to access what's been done by another VA facility. We found that was not the
2: case for for d yeah. you know they're they're opening up here in our uh, in Orlando what they call medical city it's going to be the largest VA in the nation um, hopefully it is going to be open by the end of this year uh, and it's it's phenomenal I mean the thing is just so huge uh, you probably get lost in the parking lot uh, <laughs> <That's> it is <laughs> but it's going to be very unique uh, because it's going to have all the uh, do- training doctors from uh, University of Central Florida. Uh, they're going to have every every machine you know that's poss- that can that's used in the medical field. Because sometimes here, when when I had to have a kidney stone uh, uh, blasted, I had to go all the way to Tampa for it. Can you imagine me driving with a with, <laughs> with a kidney stone all the way to Tampa <laughs> from here? That's about a, a good two hour drive. Uh, but they're opening up right by the uh, Orlando airport, uh, and it's going to be huge. Um, but what that's going to actually help—not help—that that's going to have uh, Orlando VA shut down because uh, everybody's going to be using that one, that one facility in South Orlando. So it's going to be kind of unique.
3: Well, but, but. as you're seeing, there is some improvement in terms of trying to put a lot of the different uh, treatment. Uh, Modalities, capabilities under one roof. Right. So you will end up with some mega centers in the country, just like we have several polytrauma centers. And that's a good thing in terms of being able to have some specialization in dealing with uh, specific conditions.
2: Right. Well, it's that time again. Uh, we're gonna take a short break. Uh, with us is Linda Crater and Vivian Gardner Edwards. You're listening to the American Heroes Network powered by Voice America on the Variety Channel. We'll be right back.
0: favorite voice america talk radio network shows and hosts are in your car outdoors and wherever you need them to be listen anywhere get our mobile app for iphone blackberry or android at the apple itunes app store blackberry app world or android market
1: american heroes network is a program for and about our american veteran heroes and their families That's AmericanHeroesNetwork at gmail.com. Now back to our program.
2: Welcome back and uh, Vivian, we're going to talk a little bit about how can we actually help those families out there.
4: Well, I think the, the hardest thing that I've seen with veteran families as, as well as with the families that have um, you know an addicted family member is where do they turn for help? Where, where do they go? how do they learn? What they need to do. <clears throat> These families are not—they're not stupid. I mean, they—they they are very intelligent, smart. They just need to know what they should do and where they can get the information that they need that will help them. Um, one of the things that they can certainly try, if they haven't tried already, is to talk to the patient advocates at the the VA facility. Um, We use the patient advocate when I was um, working with Dee. We use the the patient advocate a lot um, because they are the people that are supposed to speak for the patient. Um, They are supposed to be knowledgeable about what is available. Um, I also had a, a phrase that I've shared with a number of people um, and, as Linda previously mentioned, it's easy to get irritated, you're tired, you're frustrated, you can't get the help that you want um, you 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 end up feeling in despair, you want to get out of the place, you want to go home, but you've got to keep your cool, you've got to stay polite and reasonable and, and the thing that I used to say was if someone was being even quite obstructive in some in some respect, um, I would say, um, you know, I understand that you can't help me but can you please direct me to someone who can? So that doesn't actually let that person off the hook. They want to pass you to somebody else um, so that they they don't have to deal with you. So, you don't just simply turn and walk away and say, "Okay, thank you," um, but you ask to be passed to someone else. and I think the patient advocate is a very good place to start, um, and if they can't help, then, as Linda previously mentioned, um, you you go up the chain of command. Um, there's a lot of resources on veteran caregiver website. Um, And, as Linda said, a a quick question on there as to where to go, I think, and who to ask for next Um, is a good way to start.
2: That's true. Very, very true. Would you
4: have anything to add to that, Linda?
3: No, I think I would agree with everything you just said. I, I think that often it's just a matter of knowing how to ask, what mm-hmm. to ask, and and we can't emphasize enough that your demeanor matters. It does. Um, it does because you will you will always get further if you are civil and you may be terse, you may be tense, but you will get further if you are simply asking for the next person to help you. And if you have to get passed up five, six, seven, ten times, that's okay. But keep asking because mm-hmm. you're going to need to in a large bureaucracy. I mean, that's just like, that's a fact of life. So I love the phrase, I understand you cannot help me, but can you direct me to someone else who can? Yeah, yeah. It, in and it in it works a positive way. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: All right. Well, we have about four minutes, of so uh you'd like to just, retrace everything and, or, or just talk about something special in, for the next couple of minutes. Uh, just a reminder f- to our veterans out there uh, that the help is available. And we'll mm-hmm. take her from there. Okay? Go for it,
3: Linda. Oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> Linda gets <done>, stuck <laughs> um, I, I would just like to reiterate that there is help. There are a, a huge number of peers who have walked before you looking for help um, whether you're a veteran uh, looking and seeking help how to get through the labyrinth of working the VA medical system, or if you're a family member needing assistance, you can find in all sorts of peer network areas and resources that will help you to know the questions to ask. Please don't give up. Please don't think there isn't a place to go. Veteran Caregiver is there for you and many other resources that provide assistance. But we will put it down to a single word when it comes to dealing with any large system, civilian medical system or the VA medical system, and that is to persist in asking your questions, learn everything you can about the medical condition that your veteran is experiencing or you yourself if you are the veteran, and in terms of drug either addictions or you wish to get off the drugs that you're on and lead a a slightly different life. I know many veterans who were on a a wide cocktail of drugs as they were in a recovery mode, but as they got better, they used acupressure, they used yoga, they used a TENS unit, they used uh, meditation, other modalities to manage their pain. And it's not always possible, of course, but It is an option, and so if you ask for these options and you keep asking for them, you have a much higher likelihood of obtaining them. So don't give up. There's always hope, and keep asking your questions.
4: And I think the other thing is that um, they should not be in any way ashamed for asking for help, Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. I think there's a certain issue of shame, particularly with the drug-using population, veterans or not. Um, There's nothing shameful about asking for help at all um, it's, it's a good
3: step it's a first step it's and ask by asking all these questions and getting help you then are potentially avoiding becoming another statistic because if you don't have help um, we all know that it's a very slippery slope to further depression even suicide and the effects on a family when that occurs, are horrific. So let's keep asking questions and keep providing information about awareness. Thank you very much for the time, Gary.
2: And No problem. And again, uh, our word for the day is persistency, right? (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) That's right. Well, our show is coming to a close. We'd like to thank Linda Crater, President and CEO for WiseHealth.com, along with Vivian Gardner-Edwards, Author of her latest book, The Dangers of Living with Drug Addict and How to Stay Safe. Vivian, give us that website once more.
4: Um, drug Addiction Family recovery com. All hyphen right. between each word.
2: All right, great. And Linda, uh, we want to thank you for taking the time out of the, you know, today, that special time that you gave us. And once again, Wise Health is a totally self-funded website, guys. So again, if you'd like to sponsor this mini-series, just go ahead and give us a, uh, drop us an email at AmericanHeroesNetwork at gmail.com. This is Gary Ray signing off, and thanks for listening to the American Heroes Network. Thank you again for joining
1: us for this week's edition of American Heroes Network. Please join Gary Ray and Ted Griffin Jr. again next Tuesday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have a great week. We are
0: America, and we truly do believe you're the backbone of our nation. Thanks to you, we're living free. We're a quilt of